Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. I want you to envision one of those optical illusion pictures with the image amid the dots. It's designed to make you focus on it intently and even though you're peering at it, an image arises into focus. What happens next, the image remains and the dots disappear. You could view God's Word the same way. The more you read God's Word, the more God makes the truth of who He is more visible to you. What happens next? God's Word renews your mind and then Jesus comes into focus. Jesus is the image amid the words. As you continue to focus on His words, the more visible He becomes to you. Can you see Him? Or are you just peering at His words? You got your tanks? Let's dive in. This segment is titled Discipleship the Way of Life. What's your degree of focus? It really does take effort to focus on the dots to reveal what's actually there. But the reward is finding the image is short-lived because every time you look at it, there's the image and no longer the challenge. And the other day I was having our granddaughter she was over visiting and she was there and I, I we have one and it's it's the word Jesus and his name is amid the shapes and she was looking at it and she said Papa I can't see it I see numbers I see shapes I don't see it I don't see keep looking Lily keep looking and then I even began to shape the letters for her and finally she saw it. And you should have seen her face when she saw Jesus' name. Well, it's the same way when we are reading and studying his word. Yes, at first there's a ton of words to read and some even hard to pronounce without a doubt. But the challenge is within yourself to actually set aside time to sit down and read God's word with purpose and not out of obligation. You're reading it because you're desiring to know, you're desiring to understand, and if you are reading it, some of you for the first time, then look at it as God is desiring for you. So he created a desire in you because he wants to provide you with understanding of who he is. And when you actually see his image buried within, it not only transforms your mind, but God, through His Spirit, makes you a new creature. And He also gives you more than the optical puzzle could ever provide. God desires for every disciple to be just as intentional. And you're trying to discover the image in the optical puzzle, but you gain so much more by reading, studying, and meditating on God's Word. And the more you do it with intentionality and focus, God, through His Spirit, unveils His heart, will, and ways right before your very eyes. So, are you just reading His words, or are you focusing on the image? We're going to continue in the Great Commission, and we're in a key part of verse 20, but I love reading God's Word. You've heard me say that. It's just so wonderful to do, and just a quick snippet here, which isn't really off track, but it is the truth, and that is there was a time when he wouldn't have and didn't appreciate his words coming out of my mouth because they weren't. They were my own, 
and they were despicable. But now his words coming out of my mouth, praise God. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Go, move, make, do, all, everyone. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Well, that's where eternal life is, in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And you're baptizing them in the name of because it's what the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit has, is, and will be doing in your life now and for eternity. And once you are a part of this peculiar people of God, then you begin teaching them. Yes, you're walking with them without any question, but you're teaching them. And what are you teaching them? To observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. To observe all that I commanded you is where we'll be swimming around today. Before we proceed on, have you ever read God's Word that way, reading it one word at a time and breaking it down into smaller segments versus to observe all that I commanded you and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age, on to the next paragraph? No. To observe all that I commanded you. With that mindset, then you begin to look at it as though God is speaking to you personally and not just those people back there. The first point I would like to make for all of you, and new disciples especially, and those who are truly desiring to be disciples or desiring to grow deeper in, in the understanding of God's Word and truths, is if you don't have a red-letter Bible, then go get one. Because it denotes all of what Jesus says separate from the others who are speaking and the narratives that are in part of it. It's actually awesome to be able to focus just like the dots except on Jesus's words alone. Believe me, it will bless your life. And if you want to complete a study, then just spend some time reading the red and you will find what Jesus says for certain, but also You'll find how he said it, why he said it, when he said it, where he said it, and to whom he said it. And along the way, you will find his commands given all throughout, but in there specifically because those are specifically his recorded words. And make certain you spend some quality time in Matthew 5-7 through 7, titled The Sermon on the Mount. You will see page after page of red, believe that. Read the book of John which confirms Jesus' deity. And if you desire to read a prayer, and I mean it is a powerful prayer by Jesus for you as his disciple in the here and now, then focus on John 17. It's Jesus' heart for you to be the disciple he desires for the Father's will to be carried out in and through your life. You'll find red letters in Mark also, and some other chapters as well. But spend some time in chapter 7, and you'll get a good understanding of what Jesus said about what comes out of the heart. It will bring you clarity as to why humanity acts the way they do. And it should not alarm you that they do, because they have not been sanctified by God. That's the God's honest truth. And God explains why they do, and the result of living in disobedience to his word and truths. There's also the book of Luke as well. Luke 9 is a wonderful chapter on the first go and make disciples. And that chapter will bless you as well. 
then you will begin to understand why God uses specific words and they have specific meaning, just like the word to. God uses the word to to ensure his disciples recognize and understand the action on their behalf that is required in order to live out this wonderful work of God in your life. It's more than just putting on a hat that says Christian. I really don't know what else to really say here except as a disciple of Jesus, your own personal to, T-O, is and does require your movement because even the word to is a command. When Jesus, is, when Jesus uses the word to before the word observe, I truly believe God expects his disciples to move by going toward or moving on the journey to or surely progressing toward the to observe his commands. Because God has set his disciples apart from the rest of humanity to make this life he promised a reality. That's what sanctification is all about. You are set apart and you must believe it is not you that set yourself apart. It's God through his love, mercy, and grace set you apart for the specific work of being and making disciples. So as a disciple of Jesus, you are set apart to observe his commands with the rest when, excuse me, when the rest of humanity ignores, mocks, and scoffs at them. You observe his commands because you have learned in your journey toward the narrow gate that in observing and living them out, you experience the abundant life God promised to give to his disciples who live in obedience and observance of them. So before we dive into the word observe, we must, with good conscience, look at the word all. Now, what kind of disciple would I be if I failed to point out this very important point of God? Now, here it is. Listen to Colossians 1, 15 and 16. It says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created, both in the heavens and the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. So, in this all things, would the Bible be in the all of the things? I pray you said yes, and you would be correct. So if the Bible is one of the all, then all of the Bible applies to the life of the disciple of Jesus. Read the entire Bible because all, <coughs> excuse me, all of it applies. Now I'm getting choked up because I have heard people say that no longer does. And I'm not going to get off track. I'm going to stay on path here. And if he commands anything, his commands are in the Old Testament as well as the New. And I do believe Jesus did say all that I commanded you. It could be easy just to pass right over it and ignore the true significance of it. So when God says all, he means all. It's as simple as that. It's not some, most, or a few. It's surely not 
forget the Old Testament and only focus on the new. Because if you fail to focus on some of the dots, guess what? You will not see the image of what is concealed within him. I'm telling you the truth. We must avoid using a weak humanistic excuse of only being human and allow sin and deception and our flesh to make excuses for the justification of disobedience to God the Father's will being carried out through Jesus' commands. Believe me, you must be thankful and grateful to God the Holy Spirit for his work in you and ask him to... I guess you would expect him to do something by giving you the ability to keep your observance at the same or heightened focus that you would give your employer, your principal, teacher, professor, or parent. I believe God's perspective regarding his commands is through love and obedience, which are knotted together tighter than any three-strand cord. Believe that. Because, even on the simplest level of understanding, wouldn't you expect your children to be obedient to you out of love versus anything else for the commands that you give them? Now that is a word that is easily read over, and that is not just there to help complete the thought, but that would be far from the truth because that is there for a reason. So without going into English 101, let's just look at the pure milk of that word. Jesus wants to make it very clear that that is there because he has specifically communicated what his intentions and expectations are for his disciples in carrying out his mission for disciple making in the Great Commission. And, as a disciple of Jesus, you should know that. He anticipates and awaits the fruit of disciple-making because he has made known the mission, its purpose, objective, and expected results. And his disciples who experience and observe his work, will, and commands they, out of love, respond to that, and that is the reason they faithfully persevere and endure till the end. You got that? Now, on to I. Well, when Jesus said, I commanded, I believe this will remove any excuses to pick someone to blame for your failure to be faithful to God. Because as a disciple of Jesus, you should have a relationship with him. Now, if you're proclaiming you're a disciple of Jesus, then this truth of God should be true in you. This is what Jesus says in John 10:27. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. There, this is where the true definition of discipleship comes into existence. I'm here to testify to you, dead men do not speak. You heard from anyone that you know has passed away? I know I haven't. That is, except Jesus. Jesus is alive, and he is still using his own voice to communicate to his disciples. Are you listening so you can hear his voice? Better yet, do you believe that Jesus speaks to his disciples today? So when he says, I... He means himself. 
as I said a few times now, and I will quote a couple of fellow disciples named John and Isaiah, I am a voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. So, when Jesus says I, he means I, and it ain't E-Y-E either. It's I with a capital I. And I believe that when Jesus says what he's going to do, he's going to do it. So, I commanded you. But what does he want us to do? Why does Jesus' disciples need to observe? Because, as you know, when you're called to observe someone, you're actually scrutinizing them. And that choice of word may give off a negative impression, but in reality, it's very fitting to what we should actually be accomplishing when we are to observe. Because to scrutinize means to inspect, examine, study, and analyze. You see scrutinization in the workplace, athletics, and education, yet it's expected and well-received. If you have nothing to hide or be ashamed of, that is. But scrutinize Jesus? Yes, Jesus. Because as his disciples, you want to examine or observe with great care so you can actually see and understand there is not one aspect of culture, rhetoric, religion, socioeconomic status, race, gender, nor any other created thing that swayed Jesus from his purpose to complete the will of the Father while he was on this planet and now seated at the right hand of God. So, if you're going to examine in detail with careful attention, you would think Jesus would be the perfect model to learn from. Amen? And I pray after today, you will begin to examine in detail with careful attention to Jesus' words, work, actions, speech, looks, and mannerisms. How he loved, taught, reproved, trained in every good work he completed, leaving us a perfect example to follow. Now again, I could be here all day, but because there's so much, and since your time is valuable and I respect that you're giving me a portion of it, I want to continue to respect that, so in this Godcast, I will only touch on a few, but my prayer is God the Holy Spirit takes it from here when you're reading, studying, and meditating on His Word. Amen? But once you begin to see Him, like the image within the dots, you will begin to look for how He walks, who He's walking with, how He talks, and when and how He does, and when He answered questions. And when he did, believe me, he went straight to the heart of the matter. He never beat around the bush. You knew where Jesus stood. You'll see that when you read it. Jesus' commands bring forth life. Your life becomes a living example of how you are to live as a disciple of Jesus the way God intends for his chosen people to live. So, look at it like this. Jesus, who is God's commands are really his orders, directives, or instructions. It's as simple as that. And Jesus expects his disciples to live out his commands out of love and not obligation. Because Jesus asks a very profound question in Luke 6:46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? So are you going to do what he says? 
or not. No gray area. Because he says in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And as his disciple, are you going to have them, not only in your sword that you have, be it in paper or electronic, it's keeping it in your heart. Remember, what fills your heart floods your mind. What better thing to flood your mind with than God's commands? So here are a few God's commands, and I pray encourage you like they do me. Jesus' command for hearing, it's Matthew eleven fifteen. He who has ears, let him hear. The command, let him hear. Without Jesus' command to hear, you will remain deaf to the truth of God. Believe that. Do you not see the deaf all around you? Jesus' command for repentance, Matthew 4, 17. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent is a command. It's not a suggestion or a recommendation. It's Jesus' command to change the way you're living. Jesus' command to follow. It's Matthew 4:19. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me is a command. Not telling us that if we don't do it, he just says, follow me. Do you think as dust you have more power than God that you would go, I ain't following you? You're going to follow. Believe that. Now, the real question is, if you ain't following him, that's the real question. How are you really living? And when you're tired and done in or overwhelmed, and with all due respect to every single person who with good intentions wants to help, Jesus' command is Matthew eleven twenty-eight: Come to me. Jesus says, come to me, not your mom, not your dad and your brothers and sisters and all that other stuff, it's your friends. Come to me. Why go to the leaf when you can get what you need from the root that supplies the leaf? Don't you truly believe that those who do provide are getting it and you're praying they're getting it from God? Then why wouldn't you just go to God yourself? He said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. Jesus doesn't want you to go anywhere else because he puts the thoughts in the minds of humanity. How would he have commanded it? Right? When you're praying, pray with your heart because Jesus' command is this in Matthew 6, 7. Do not use meaningless repetition. God desires to hear your prayers from your heart. And praying from rote will not get you anywhere. Because Jesus says, For they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. Solomon says, He's God and you're not, so let your words be few. Let's get to the point. I would expect God is not listening because it's meaningless to him. Just like if you, as a husband, are not living with your wife in an understanding way, your prayers are hindered. Do you believe me or not? If you don't, then go read 1 Peter 3, 7. And that's for those disciples who are husbands. How are you to love God? Well, Jesus' command is in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven: 37. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And remember, when God says all, 
And lastly, Jesus' command on how you express love in John 14, 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. His command is keep. Without his command to keep, you will let them go. It's in your fallen nature. Believe that. It's by the work and power of God, the Holy Spirit, that enables and empowers you to be the keeper. I'm telling you the truth. I know I'd about rid of it a long time ago. But God is all I can say. It's just like this in Luke 9:62. See, there's a Luke 9 for you. Jesus says, Now no one, after putting his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Okay, now, without God the Holy Spirit, you will look back because it's in your fallen nature. But God goes right here and he is using his hand and it's on your noggin so that you keep looking forward believe that amen and finally his command go and it's what we've been focused on in the past few weeks in Matthew 28:19 go and make disciples baptizing them in the name of the father son and holy spirit and his commands go on and on and on and they will go on and on and on for the rest of eternity. And if you will not obey his command today, what makes you think you will obey him in eternity? And finally, you. Who, me? Yes, you. What this means is not them. He says you. And when God says you, he means you. That would be Y-O-U. Romans 14.10 says, For we all stand before the judgment seat of God. And when God says all, Jesus has all power, all rule, all authority, and all dominion over his creation. You will be tried because Jesus is sitting on his judgment seat. You will be judged and you will give an account for your work to be whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. It will be God's decision where you spend eternity. There will be no one else that will be able to speak on your behalf and you on theirs. You are accountable to God for the time he has given you and how and what you have done and how you have done it. Therefore, when God says you, it surely ain't them. You must search your own heart and life always being mindful of your thoughts, words, and deeds, and your responsibility as a disciple called by God to be and make disciples. So, as we head back up, take this with you. If we were to look at Jesus in other words, it would be, don't do as they do, do as I say. Jesus is saying, look, this is how it's done. When you observe the way Jesus loves you, how? Then no. He loved you when you were unlovable. He loved you when you were disobedient. He loves you when you allowed sin to influence your thoughts, words, and deeds. Are you loving others like he loves you? By the way, that's a command. God the Father forgives you. Do you forgive others? Jesus 
does not see the worst in people. He knows the effects and power of sin. He looks at humanity in what they can become in him, which is the righteousness of God. If there would be anyone you would want to imitate, it would make perfect sense to imitate Jesus and no other flawed human being could ever match the perfect life he has lived. When God says all, he means all. You means you. And always remember what Jesus said in John 14, 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Keeping the commandments of Jesus begins with reading his word to learn of them, then observing them in the admission and submission of his deity and authority. As you continue to read, study, and meditate on them, ask God the Holy Spirit to enable and empower you to live them out and faithfully follow them throughout the remaining days God has willed for your life on this planet. And be intentional and purposeful in being a disciple maker as you live your life as a disciple of Jesus. Amen? Let me pray for you. Abba, we love you and we thank you for today. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Abba, it makes total sense that how could we observe what you command if we depend on others to give us the commands? We don't know where their heart is. We don't know what they're struggling with. And yet we're trusting in humanity to give us what you can only give us. You are the source of life. You are the wellspring of knowledge and wisdom. Give them the means, create a desire in their hearts to desire to read your word and speak the truth of who you are. Make them the disciples you want them to be so that we can continue to proclaim this wonderful truth of who you are. Thank you for this opportunity to communicate just the importance of to observe all that I commanded you. And I do personalize it by saying to observe all that you commanded me. May you see and be pleased by what you see and hear. Thank you for listening. Thank you for responding. And may you be glorified in his work. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Have a great week of worship and keep walking the way.